luminaries, talking to the brightest minds in tech. We are technologists and we share an awesome responsibility. The next three decades will hold even more progress, coming more quickly than ever before. A new age of miracles is literally just around the corner. Your hosts are Mark Schaefer and Douglas Carr. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Luminaries, where we talk to the brightest minds in tech. This is Mark Schaefer with my co-host Douglas Carr, and we've, we're hitting a milestone today yes. on Luminaries. This is the first uh, show we've hosted someone a second time, a company a second time. Kind of the, kind of the same company. I guess company within a company. Company yeah. within a company. So now everyone is thoroughly confused. <laughs> but it is exciting because we've hosted McLaren uh, twice on our show. And uh, last year we interviewed Zach Brown, the CEO of McLaren Motorsports, uh, one of our favorites. And uh, what I've learned is McLaren is a lot more than racing. Absolutely. McLaren Applied Technologies is combining technology. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's why we're here. <laughs> Data and innovation to explore four key sectors undergoing disruptive change. Motorsport, automotive, public transport, and health. And health. Pretty cool. So Duncan Bradley is here with us today. He leads the health and human performance business unit for McLaren Applied Technologies. Duncan, welcome to the show, and why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're working on at McLaren? Uh, yeah, good, good, to, good, good to come back. Thanks for inviting me, and uh, let's hope I can live up to uh, you know, Zach's performance. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so um, Applied Technologies is a really exciting part of our business. Um, it's actually been around, actually, from, its, you know, from birth around about 30 years, actually. Uh, so really quite a long time, and um, it started with uh, Formula One, telemetry and we started you know, monitoring um, cars in really rich real-time data and it gave us such an advantage such a performance the only way we were allowed to continue that was to sell it to all the other teams and it actually that was about 30 years ago did not know that <coughs> wow. yeah did not know that um and so if you trace it back that was um our first diversification outside of our business and selling your know, products or services to you know to other companies uh, so that continues today uh, until today um but about 10 years ago, we um, we started to think even more broadly. And you know, I met with uh, Ron Dennis at the time. And, uh, you know, I came into the business. And he said, look, you, we're investing all of this you know, time and money into all this really cool technology. Um, you know, can you come and tell me what else we could, could do with it? Now, uh, what was your background at the time? Why did he reach out to you? What were you so, doing at the time? So my, my background was... Um, yeah, actually in, in product design. And I was in a technology consultancy uh, prior to that and looking actually that, and that's what we did. We looked at, uh, you know, different technologies, looked at the market trends and started to sort of predict not huge, huge amounts, uh, huge amount of time forward, but, you know, maybe two, three, five, up to maybe 10 years. Um, and, and that's really what, you know, kind of he wanted to do. He had a vision for the company and, um, you know, to, to, to diversify. And um, he, he gave me three great uh, lessons, actually, two or three great rules, actually, which I, I will never forget, which they were so basic. And uh, I kind of chuckled at the time, but they did so well. And it was um, don't damage the brand. Uh, don't lose me any money and stay well away from the cars, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was it, and I, I kind of came out the 
the office at, and so that's it. <laughs> but, but actually that's it. but that's it and everything that I look back and now kind of test is is it damaging the brand and is it taking us forward are we losing any money and uh, am I messing with the cars and, and uh, you know disturbing something there um, so you know Ron's way was exactly that and and really that's where it kind of started and the the health um, and human performance business started right there and then um, and the analogy was, well, if we are monitoring cars in rich and real and fast time and being predictive, you know, why wouldn't we do that for humans? And, and that's kind of where we started with, with the business unit about 10 years ago. How, how I'm, I'm curious. I, I love that your background is in design. Yeah. And, I, and I think as we look forward to the future, I keep saying that that's just a critical element of innovation. Yeah. Um, I'm curious within your role how that's helped you, you know, be successful within your role. Yeah, so um, yeah, McLaren, there's um, incredibly deep expertise. We have people who are really the best in their field, in, uh, and yeah, actually, yeah, no criticism, but actually narrow, very narrow fields, um, and because they need to be. They need to be you know, experts in data science or simulation or strategy. Um, but And engineers tend to optimize. They tend to focus and optimize around a single thing. But what I recognized, you know, I'm an engineer as well, and I kind of recognize that, but... but if you sort of draw back, if you kind of draw a parallel with the designer, a designer sort of steps back and addresses and balances and he looks at, looks at the whole thing. So <clears throat> I didn't see this as a necessarily as a, a negative. In fact, it was a massive positive because I thought, yes. well, if I can build design next to these engineers, suddenly we get deep expertise and a balanced thinking. And importantly, particularly within health and human performance, um, a view of the user. So the technology is great, and again, you always ask about you know what technology you're using and what's the future. But actually, we never work like that. We always work in McLaren from a point of view of uh, what are we trying to achieve, and actually let's 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 use the, use the least amount of technology um, to get there. Okay, still it sometimes ends up being quite a lot of technology, but let's use you know the most efficient way to get there, and that normally helps things like getting into the market, you know, the cost, you know, batteries data transfer, servers, all these things. If you start thinking about that, then it, it kind of helps you all the way. So you're putting those two things together, uh, engineers with deep expertise and designers really, really works. And, and that's still the same. We've, we've built up the uh, design team. It's around 30, 30 odd individuals wow. looking at uh, patient engagement, um, UX design, product design, but they're sitting right next to data scientists who can really tell them what we can see, how to get it, how difficult it is, and the sorts of technologies that we'll need, hardware, software, data links that you need to kind of get that information out. So that's that's really the beauty, I think, of putting two. And not so many people know that, actually. We don't typically talk about it, but actually that's a real asset we have. I love that. We've been doing the show for more than two years now, and that really seems to be one of the themes of a lot of our guests, the, the breakthrough innovations come through this intersection of art and mm. and computer engineering. Absolutely, yeah. You know, we've we've had uh, a woman who was a goldsmith. We had a, a, a professor who is creating breakthrough technology in virtual reality, who is a ballerina. And uh, so, there almost everyone we talk to at some point there's this germ at the beginning. That's this intersection of technology and, and design. So that's interesting. Absolutely. So I want to go back to, you just started talking a little bit about how you're applying some of the core competencies in the automotive field to health. And I have to admit, when I was first preparing for our interview, I just didn't get it. 
you know, how, what the McLaren connection to healthcare was. But then when I really looked into it, said, you're, look, you're collecting data to optimize a machine. Yes, the lights went off. Yeah, it does make sense. Cause, so could you talk a little more specifically about what kind of uh, things that you're working on in the healthcare field? Yeah, absolutely. If I start just just with the F1 side of things a little bit, because I can I can build on that, and you'll you'll see where that goes. So <clears throat> with um yeah, with the F1 car, it, it's you know it's an incredibly expensive thing to build, um, incredibly compressed timescales, um, and actually regulated by you know testing. We're not allowed to do very much testing, but we're investing so much money in this thing that you have to try and get it right, um, and and that's where it, it sort of starts with. Uh, you know, kind of that analogy is that um, we want we want to understand the performance of the car, and then we want to know how we can use that performance for an outcome. And by doing that, we've built up a lot of uh, technology and expertise about how to model that physically. Uh, so physically modeling the car, and then using that physical model in context of an, an environment or or, or you know, a context of you know, where the car is on the track, competitors. So yeah, the underlying philosophy is there of how you design and innovate and rapidly design and innovate using that but but also the there's tangible technology around there uh, and that's what transfers into the human forms and healthcare piece so it's the collection of the right sorts of data from the users in the right sorts of uh, amounts um, it's collection of the the environment around you. So in healthcare context, that could be clinical data. It could be patient reported outcomes. It could be uh, your social demographic. So the actual, although the underpinning looks quite different on the first glance, actually it's really there. You've got a real-time feed. You've got contextual information and there. So we started to piece that together. And um, then we start to move into what you know, Formula 1 is really about. It's about that prediction piece. And we... Um, and so we started using some of those tools and those techniques to build out uh, product. Um, and one big difference between Formula One is that you know it's kind of a an experiment, almost on a almost on a race race by race basis. And the whole season is almost a prototype, right? And you almost throw it away and start again. And in fact, the whole car changes through the season. But in in this product space that we're in in healthcare, it's not not that uh, we have to produce products that are scalable. Yeah, they have to be secure. They have to be robust. The data has to be robust. So there's a big difference there. So we took those principles from, but actually we had to wrap that in an architecture, a software that was robust for scale, and that's what we've done. So yeah, the, our analytics is. Uh, yeah, it's quite neat because it looks across um, a context of a patient and actually what we call that is the patient pathway or the journey. So everyone's on a journey of some sort, whether you're, you know, you know whether you're re recovering from a disease, whether you're training for a marathon or trying to lose some weight or um, you're an elite performer trying to get through a season. There's a journey there in the same way we do a lap and in the same way we do a, you know, a race season. And our software maps to that. And then it pulls in these different sets of data and it allows us to see where the patients are, the performers are on their journey. And that's great because it gives us two things. It gives us the ability to go right down to the individual uh, and it allows us to pull back up and see where all those, where that individual is in context of everyone who's like that. And that's a powerful thing. And we can see the, how well the process works as well. Um, you know, how well that journey is, is working for people. So as a, as a business, that's really interesting for us because suddenly you start to see where um, you need to intervene more more precisely with people. So in their care, you need to, can put like products to them in the right places. So for your insurer or your healthcare, uh, and you start to see where they go off track and you can bring them in quicker. Now, that's all fueled by 
you know, more and more people are caring for themselves or will be required to care for themselves outside of hospital. And that's where the data piece comes in with sensors mm. because we can populate that model with rich real-time data from actually your lifestyle. So we kind of feed it all, and that's that's the almost the story of how you go from Formula One into uh, you know, software products that have really massive benefit for for people. Um, so that's the sort of that's that's what really what we what we're doing. Do you see? an opportunity that this could eventually migrate all the way down to the patient where, you know, there'd be like a McLaren app or something? Yeah. Um, so we, our model is normally B2B um, because whilst we have some smart, um, you know, technology around analytics tools um, and device design and that, all those kind of things that we talked about earlier, what we don't have is scale. And we know to, to build these things that they can reach a number of people we need you know actually people like Dell and and you know other people to actually build the systems around it for us but we built it so it plugs into those systems so our business model is is, is b2b um and then you know occasionally there is a piece of mclaren which is the brand which inspires people it doesn't work all of the time but it works some of the time so if we can inspire people to be on a mclaren heme performance program because you get the engagement and the stickiness in the product then we'll use it but probably we'll sit a little bit back and deliver that into you know people actually experts in that field of of delivering that into you know, the care systems and it's it's quite complicated when you get into payments and insurance you yeah know, and that's different all around the world so we need that help really how, how do uh how do your customers engage with you i'm curious is it do they hand you a problem and then you know you guys innovate or is this a long-term partnership where you're really kind of embedded with these companies yeah so back back when we started about 10 years ago it was very much we were very much a to use a a blunt term a consultancy where people would come with a brief and we try to put some of our expertise um as we've moved through the years we started working on with partnerships so with gsk we had a long partnership and where it was still kind of a sort of a brief but it was more of a you know working as a team together with them on a number of things that pushed gsks forward where we are now is we've transitioned fully into our own product development so now we're going to companies with the value proposition and the things that we can achieve with our technologies with a view to you know their market challenges as well so it's it's kind of done the full circle we've gone from receiving briefs right through now to actually here's what we can do with you um and you know looking to partner to get that to get that scalability and I'm a I'm a total geek, so I totally see the human computer interaction and technology and real time data and everything else. But I'm curious when when you guys approach the healthcare industry, did did that light turn on, or you know, or were you guys seen as well? Why would we work with you know someone that was predominantly in the motorsports field? Yeah, so um, we've had to build credibility. Um, it's taken a, a number of years, but we've had to build credibility at a regulated level. So you know, through through the years, we've um, been managing diseases, ALS, stroke, and clinical trials, weight loss programs. Um, we've really gone deep into you know, delivering regulated healthcare. Um, and with that becomes a lot of rigor. So that that's helped us. Um, you know, to build confidence in the companies that we're talking to that we can actually do this and it isn't, you know, a piece of sort of software that's kind of just kind of out there somewhere. Um, so that's helped a lot. Um, then, then there's, again, there's that, that brand side and, um, 
it's it's after you get over that, do we have the credibility and experience and the expertise to deliver this? It becomes quite nice for us because we are actually seen as a little bit of a step back from the traditional, um, you know, maybe some of the traditional uh, technology uh, companies in this space. And it, we're doing it because we really want to do it and we want to share it with everyone. So we, we're also seen as a kind of a bit of a fresh approach to this sometimes. Um, and actually sitting back from the industry gives a, a just a different sort of angle to it. And we don't really come with any kind of axe to grind. We genuinely want to get this software out there. Um, and then there's kind of the uniqueness to it, you know, the exclusivity around some of the partners um, you know, people like. It's kind of a place to come that is a little bit under the radar sometimes, accessing some really nice technologies and really great people. So we tend to build those partnerships around um a little bit of exclusivity, a little bit of partnership, and but based on some credible, credible work that we can really point to. Well, again, it, it kind of points to your the advantage of having the background in design mm. to have that fresh set of eyes on a problem like that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, very interesting. You mentioned earlier that you rely on partners to really help you get there. And uh, when I was preparing for our interview today, I know I noted that you're using a, a, a wide array of different Dell technologies, including Internet of Things. Could you talk about how you partner with Dell, how you use some of their specific technologies to make your dreams come true on the commercial front? Yeah, so at the moment, it's um, the relationship has been purely hardware hardware driven, uh, giving us you know some extra. Um, power on, on hardware um, but I think what we really want to do is kind of build some of these use cases out together so um, we're just talking now about how we go forward with that um, it's uh, and actually it just comes back to that thing is we're kind of sitting on two bits of technology two technology companies here it just comes back to we need to join together and look at a use case and something that will add value to um you know society in, in some sort of way um so we're now searching for that and then we'll go back and then build out the technology to support that um, piece but so definitely interested in doing something in the future but we haven't got anything off the ground right now but we're talking we're talking about it well, you mentioned that one of the things that you're good at is, is kind of looking two to three years in the future. Mm. So as you're having these discussions with Dell, you know, what sort of things are you kind of dreaming about right now? Yeah, so <clears throat> it's. Uh, I think this is a space, you know, the, it's the healthcare and human forms at the moment is really on a, a pivot at the moment. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, the, we can collect so much stuff from our bodies at the moment for this three sensors. I mean, quite frankly, probably more than we understand. And so we're just on a crest of, you know, crest of something great, uh, you know, I believe. So that that window is, is I, I feel it's quite short, actually, because it's moving so fast. Um, so I, I think it's just taking a next step on um, getting these technologies into the marketplace and with people that they can start to feel comfortable about them. You can just show that, that benefit. Um, You've got so much, many technology. Five G will have is so well, it's on us, right? We, we 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 kind of that's here. You think about now the amount of information you can get from people. They're going to need analytics and real time processing to process that. So that's already a, quite a big thing to onboard, and it's kind of on us. So you can sort of see that the whilst there's a big future of it, it's actually not that easy to see very far in the future. So just coming back to you know what would be a great project it would be to use um, 
uh, yeah, this um, actually to to quote another one of our leadership, I think we we're not on cutting edge, we're on bleeding edge. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think Jonathan Neil. Uh, give him credit for that I think I heard him say that but but we're just on the bleeding edge and it's it's that we've just really got to show really tangible value on this stuff a lot of people talking about it you know the direction of the market is going that way but actually let's just really show something uh, and that's what we you know, we want to do um, and I think that would be a good sensible realistic step find a use case let's plug this technology together let's really show the world about how you can do this um, and how you can show some really great benefit to it. Yeah, it's, it's really so amazing to me how business has progressed this way. I mean, when I was growing up in business, it's like you made something and you sold it. And today, you know, what I'm hearing is that you, you have a problem, a use case, and you're trying to find, all right, how do we partner in every way yeah. to kind of bring that to life? It's, it's, it's really cool. It is, you know, really and you have to do that with technology. Yeah, you know, it has to be looking at what's the use case, what's the use case, you know, and then we'll build the products to, you know, to make it make our dreams come true. Yeah, I just go back to something I said earlier, which is, I don't know, maybe there are other industries like that, but this, but at the moment we've got the ability to collect more data from our bodies than we actually understand. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there are too many other industries that mm-hmm. are like that, and so it's it's the the technology is actually pulling. Yeah, so it's not pushing. Um, and it's all based around the insight piece, which is why we're so interested in the analytics space because actually can collect a lot of data and it's, you know, okay, there's some issues with connecting it up and you know, consent and things which you know, can be solved, but it's actually how do you make sense of the data and how do you drive insight out of it because actually the technology is there. Okay, it'll get a bit smaller, it'll look a bit cooler, but it's there. It's, you, know, you can see that. Um, so that's why we're so interested in the insight bit rather than necessarily the device bit. And companies nowadays, and, and that's accelerating, right? I mean, it's it, the need to innovate is becoming an absolutely critical element of all companies nowadays. And I, I think what's fascinating to me is you said that you were on the bleeding edge, but McLaren Applied Technologies has actually created a framework and a process for this. Can you speak to the innovation framework and and and, and the fact that you guys publicly talk about you know how you can do that? Yeah. So. so the, so the innovation framework was actually um, built there to do a few things. It was to create you know, an innovation process, but also to try and inspire our employees to to um, you know to actually build some of these ideas themselves. Because um, a lot of like any company, we have a lot of bright people and a lot of good ideas come out, but we need a mechanism to do that. So innovation framework is really there built to are built to be able to provide people the process to come within that now in some ways it kind of goes completely off you get a load of random ideas but you just a little bit of control around actually look we're really interested in these core technologies because actually these are the ones that we've invested in as a company but actually if you can understand what they can do please go away and think about some really smart ideas to put that into practice and then you know if that's a good idea we can give you some funding and we can get you to work on it and you can access parts of the company to kind of build something um i was always keen it it ended up again being something tangible um so even if it wasn't fully working in in the 
you know, in the um, you know out, out in clinical trials or something, I always wanted people to come back with something tangible, even if it was okay. This I've, I've drawn out the system diagram of how this thing will work. If I go take that and that and that, and I put together that, I think I can do this. So I always was keen for it to be a tangible thing and trying to get people to think about come back with something that you can sort of really speak about, even though maybe it might be a few years or take hundreds of millions of pounds to develop it. Um, so that was the, the innovation framework. Really. Well, Duncan, our, our time has just flown by. It's been so much fun talking to you, but I wanted to, I had to pick up on something because I know uh, whenever you gave us some information to prepare for the show, you talked about uh, that you're, you've participated in the mega avalanche yeah. <laughs> mountain bike race. And I, I I'm a former mountain bike uh, enthusiast. I sort of crashed my way out of the sport. <laughs> and I want to encourage all of our listeners, you have to go on YouTube and look this up, Mega Avalanche Mountain Bike Race. So I watched this thing, and it's absolutely crazy. There's like 300 <laughs> riders colliding down a mountain. And uh, so did you finish the thing? Yeah. I, I, wow. I, I did. I've, I've done it twice, and um, it's it's always a, a crazy event yeah. uh, so I finished yeah I finished um, I, I think there's about 3,000 people or something like that do it and I first time I did it, I finished 110th overall and then they changed the format a little bit and the second time I did it um, was quite a funny story because I you have to qualify and um, when I qualified someone crashed into me and took all my chain off so I did the qualifying without a chain so I couldn't pedal so I got like I was like way back at like 95th and that put me like on the grid 270th in my race but the great thing was was that I kind of put my earphones on and I was pretty relaxed. I was like, I'm so far back here now. I'm, you know, I'm just going to enjoy it. I ended up going 20th in that race. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> because I was totally relaxed and I was just really in a mindset. But um, on a more serious note, I genuinely, this race has stretched my my mind. Yeah. Because standing over the top of a black run on a ski slope <laughs> and a mountain bike with all these jumps, you, you kind of... You can't go back, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm really stretched my you know, mind and um, really kind of made me think of my feet. And actually, yeah, it genuinely has helped me. I'm not; it wasn't just a story. It really has helped me, kind of with sort of on the feet thinking, yeah. <laughs> manage risk, processing I'm it quickly. I'm sure there's lots of people out there thinking. Uh, Gee, maybe I should do that. No, 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 no. and I don't want to be responsible for that. So I, I really don't want you to be inspired by Duncan at all. Everybody out there, this is a singular thing, and uh, I'm not, and, and we're not. Maybe we should have like a legal disclaimer at the well, end. I, I love, I love how when you explained the race, you didn't just say what place. You said if you finished. Yeah. Like those were the two. Yeah. Because I, I watched the video. <laughs> yeah. Thinking it's it's survival. Yes. It's it's literally survival. So anyway, Duncan, what a lot of fun it's been talking to you. We certainly appreciate it, and we're big fans of McLaren, of course. And we appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for listening. We never take you for granted. We appreciate all your kind comments and for subscribing to our Luminaries podcast. This is Mark Schaefer, and on behalf of Doug Carr, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on Luminaries. Luminaries, talking to the brightest minds in tech a podcast series from Dell Technologies.